Hey, it's Erin Anderson from Live Big Co. And you're listening to the Power to Be podcast. This season is all about the art of leadership. My guests are from all over the world. They are leaders, healers, artists, coaches, and game changers. They are the real deal. Although if you ask them, they'll say they're simply following a calling. Together, we dive into meaningful conversations about their passion, motivation, and expression in the world. We'll explore the challenges that leaders are faced with in generating inspiration in this ever-changing global environment. There's something here for you to discover. So listen in, and you'll soon find out that the secret to their success lies not in how they lead, but in who they are. Let's find out what this week's guest has the power to lead. All right, all right, all right. Hello, Jody. Hello, Aaron. Thank you for being on my podcast. I'm very excited to be here. Thanks for having me. So, Jody Edgar of Sunbowl, you are somebody who uh, has been a very important and integral part of my life and my career um, and so much more. Uh, one of the greatest privileges of having a podcast is that I get to decide who I want to hang out with for you know, a chunk of time and have an insightful conversation with, and I can't imagine, well, I mean, listen, how many great conversations have we had over the years? I mean, it's almost impossible to say. I always enjoy our, our coffee and a chat. Um, yeah. they're, they're always so wonderful. I look forward to them every time we get to have one. Oh, yeah. And, um, I mean, just for, for people, for a little bit of context, I, uh, I met you, I'm just trying to think, what year was that, Jody? That was like oh, 2008, goodness. 2000 and... Yeah, it was just, it was, I mean, I know this because we had opened up a creative agency and it was right before the recession. So it was early oh, so 2008. Yeah, yeah. Two, 2007 we met and then 2008, 2009, when things got... Uh, got really tough is when we were just starting to take off. <laughs> yes. So we we started a creative agency together. I was a graphic designer. You were a, the tech guy. I mean, you, we're going to find out more about you in a second. You were sure. um, you were uh, my compadre, my my partner, um, and we we worked together. It was fun. We created this little agency in my house in this uh, spare, you know, it used to be a suite in my house. And um, we put in some nice desks and, and a light and we got a bunch of clients and, and off we went. And then, yes, the um, that whole crazy recession hit in 2008 and, and things just sort of went sideways. And it's interesting because it was the perfect sideways for me. Um, and I have a feeling it was the perfect sideways for you too. But in that sideways, I actually discovered yoga and went off and just, and became, you know, just super immersed in my own yoga journey and, uh, and studying with Baron Baptiste and going through all kinds of trainings. And then I came home and decided I wanted to open a yoga studio. And so out went the creative agency and in came a yoga studio, which lived in that very same space for eight years. And then that yoga studio closed. And now that studio, that studio, very same studio is my live big co coaching business studio. So this one little room has seen lots of action over the years. Isn't it amazing? And the one consistent piece has been you. Oh, well, thank you. I mean, you've been a big influence in my career and my life as well. So I think it's a, it's a collaboration that I'm so happy to have been a part of for so many years. 
Yeah, well, you have an incredible skill and ability that is is so wonderfully foreign to me. So any time I have a question about technology, about the internet, I ask you. And you, over the years, have become such an expert in so many things of e-commerce and uh, business development and strategy. And uh, it's incredible to have seen the trajectory your, your business has taken. So um, for our listeners, will you, will you tell us a little bit about your business? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you hit the nail right on the head there where you talked about the sideways motion from when the uh, the financial, the financial crisis happened. Um, I similarly saw a same thing as, as one of the shareholders in the company, um, all of the marketing dollars dried up. But the one thing that really stuck out to me was any of our e-commerce customers, customers who were selling online, not only were resilient during a financial crisis, but actually flourished. Um, and that signaled to me that, you know, the customers that I want to keep are the ones who can see the value in the stuff that I'm building for them. So they could have a look at their websites and say, look, this person built this built this person helped me earn ten thousand dollars this month. It makes sense for me to pay their bill. Um, <laughs> and that's really that's really where the value component came into what we do is, you know, continually adding value to the marketplace is how you remain resilient um, through these tough times. And funny enough, we're actually right back to where we were uh, 10 years ago with the, the whole current pandemic, um, because my company is, is really highly focused on, on resilience and long-term relationships. Um, we've been able to weather the storm um, quite well. Um, and I mean, it also doesn't hurt that, you know, in the last couple of months, everybody realized the internet is a thing um, and it might be important. <laughs> Maybe we should focus on my online business. I mean, yeah. Zoom is not going anywhere. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, I, I mean, to, to, to properly answer your question um, about like what I do now is we help merchants um, and business owners take their business online. We specialize in Shopify as our platform of choice. Uh, we think of it as a tool in our toolbox. It just happens to be our favorite tool. Um, so a lot of the people that we work with, we help them through that journey going from, I have an idea to how do I sell it online to how do I fulfill to my customers, the whole thing. Um, and we really try and fill the gaps in their existing teams. So, you know, not every team needs a full web development house. Some teams just need some help with marketing or they just need some help with the graphics or they just need some help with content. Um, and the way our system is built is that we can fill those gaps for them. And it doesn't have, they don't have to hire someone full time uh, for just that one job when they might not have the capacity to hold them. Right. So, so resiliency built through, uh, this flexibility through this malleability that you, you, you offer. Yeah. I mean, yeah. flexibility is really, is really the key to, I mean, I'd be, I'd say it's the key to our success is being able to let go of things that, um, you may be just holding onto because you're afraid that they might, you know, that losing them might let, not might let, let you succeed, but being able to, being able to um, really trust people and um, be flexible with them, and if you offer a good product, they'll come back. 
And you said it too at the beginning, it's all about developing relationships. It's interesting because almost every conversation that I've been having lately has been revolving around that very core value around developing and developing and nurturing and valuing relationships as the number one um, priority that without relationships, you have nothing. Yeah. I mean, our number one asset in our company is our people. And that's not right. just the people who work for us. That's our clients. That's our customers. That are that's our that's our partners. Um, you know, at the end of the day, we're all just people learning to communicate with each other. Um, and you and I feel that that deserves the hugest amount of respect as well as the time to think about how are you dealing with those relationships. Um, because when things get scary and when things get difficult, those relationships are what's going to pull you through. Yeah. I mean, you are masterful at at relationships. I mean, look at look at us. We've been we've been hanging since two thousand and seven, <laughs> right? <laughs> can't get rid of you. No kidding. Can't get but rid of you. you. Yeah, but you you um, I, my mother would always say that ninety percent of life is showing up, right? That 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 you are a guy who shows up. And what I really appreciate about you is that you um. You don't. Uh, you're unconditional about that. You don't r- reserve you, who you're being for certain scenarios that serve you. You're the guy that that really does show up with a big yes. And as a person who really, your business is a lot about problem solving and possibility creation. I mean, taking a business online has a lot of complexities to it. There's there's a lot of elements involved. And especially if if um, if I'm a business owner that doesn't really fully understand all that's involved, like I don't know what makes a car run for God's sakes. I don't know what an engine, what's an engine, you know, it's made up of. So you give me an engine terminology, I'm going to turn blank. Like I don't know what you're talking about. Right. So it can be like that, um, you know, starting a business and thinking, God, what are what are all the things that I need in order to make a business grow, but to land in your, uh, in your orbit, in your world, I, sh- I sure have experienced so much, uh, just a huge level of support and care. Um, I, I, there's no way I, I don't, I don't even want to do it without you. Oh, that's, I, I don't that's, want that's very nice. I mean, you, you, it's, it's, you're right. It is a lot of details and there's a lot of things that have to go right in order to get the internet to work. I mean, it's a complicated system. Um, but uh, coming back to what we were talking about before, the real thing that we specialize in, and this is something that I tell my team all the time, is we specialize in people and relationships. Um, the technology and the things we build is just the how. Um, the the why is the people. And that's, mm. that's where I would say that's where 90% of our effort and our time goes is how do we, how do we properly manage expectations and how do we properly manage relationships so that we set everybody up for success. Um, and that kind of dedication to making the making the experience and the customer experience in all aspects of you know what you're building is so so essential. If you look at the biggest brands in the world, they're the ones that really get this because they spend so much time on not only just customer experience but employee experience, partner experience, all of that sort of stuff. And that comes down to again comes back to relationships. I was um, without divulging, you know, names or specifics. I love the story that I that I know about a woman who had a very high level job, and she was fired because she was rude to the doorman. Right. It made me. It, it made me kind of smile and pause at how brilliant that CEO was, for for um, acknowledging that that respect goes 
everywhere. It isn't conditional. So I, I love that about you. Do you have, do you have a, a, your favorite success story, client success story? I'm putting you on the spot a little bit here. Yeah. Uh, whew, I mean, all of our clients are successful in different ways. Um, yes, of I mean, course of course, sure. I mean, yeah, uh, I mean, I could talk a little bit. I mean, so just for some context around this, you know, when you're talking about working with clients for 10 plus years, um, I mean, our, I think our biggest success story is the clients that we started working on when I made this pivot in 2010 are still in business and they're still running and they're still coming back to us for changes. That to me is the biggest testament to what we've been able to do because I imagine as all of your listeners know, relationships are not easy. You know, there's ups, there's downs, there's mistakes. We're all human. Um, but it's how you push through those and repair the relationships afterwards that make it stronger. So when we're talking about client success, um, I mean, this is something that I get asked a lot all the time, like, who are your biggest clients? And I really try and pivot that question to say that it's not the biggest clients that I really care about. It's not the money. Everybody's website is their own journey and their own success. And it doesn't matter if they're making $10,000 a year or they're making $10 million a year. It's about their experience that we really want to focus on. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I so appreciate that. I didn't even think to ask you who your biggest clients were because I just don't know you like that. I, I, I think of you as just the person who um, really shows up for whatever the client needs. And one of the things I know about you and your company and the team that you've surrounded yourself with is that you guys are really innovative. Like if somebody needs animation done, you're like, yep, no problem. We can do that. You, you just, uh, you have this yes attitude about, so, so what, what is it that has you have this yes attitude? Like what, what is it that you guys focus on, uh, on the back end that, that has you be so flexible and show up and say yes for everything? So that's a, that's a, that's a great question. It's, it's a lot more complex than just saying yes or no to something. I think that it has a lot to do with setting up an environment where failure is championed rather than, um, you know, um, diminished or, you know, said, oh, you failed on something like this. Um, I mean, this is something that leaders talk about all the time is about, you know, um, you have to set up a culture around failure. Um, and failure is, is, is just a success and knowing not to do that next time. <laughs> um, so, um, I think, uh, I mean, there's a lot of aspects to that. Um, a lot of that has to do with, I mean, in my industry and working in web development, the cost of failure is not that big of a deal. It's not like we are you know, spending two years designing a car and then sending it to manufacturing only to find out that the car kills people. You know, yeah. for us, if we make a mistake, it's very easy for us to go and change it. So that is a definite um, uh, asset that we have inside of our our uh, our industry that we can take advantage of. But right, more also, yeah, but also to that, it's there. there's some additional components. Like it's not just oh yeah, okay, I made that mistake, we can fix it. There is the acceptance that understanding that we're not going to get this right every time, that we are all dedicated to being the best that we possibly can be. 
And there's a great deal of trust that you have to put in people in order for them to make mistakes. So, um, I mean, I can pull an example that literally just happened this morning. Um, one of my, um, one of my senior staff members decided that they were going to connect our CRM to our Slack channel. Um, and they thought, oh, this would be great. I understand that, you know, um, it is going to improve communications and unfortunately, it put all of the yeah it put all of the clients files in um in the slack channel and i mean it's very easy for me as a leader to say oh my god you screwed up this is going to be un un unfixable like our clients saw private things that they shouldn't have seen and all this sort of stuff but instead i took an approach of look i want to commend you for taking that leap um, and, 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 and going out of your comfort zone to try something new because you were thinking about the better picture. You know, the results cannot be tied to the, to the initial, uh, the results are going to be what they are. Um, the initial thought and the initial, um, impetus to do it is really what we're looking for. We want people to try things. We want people to fail. We want people to find new ways of not knowing how to do something because that's how we learn. We don't, you don't ever learn by doing the same thing over and over again. You learn by trying something new and taking a risk. And that's really what I want to promote inside of our culture, inside of our company. That's super cool. I, I, um, I, I, I'm sort of over here nodding because I, I think of, you know, in my, in my career as a graphic designer and a brand developer, I've worked with you, you know, as your business was growing and shifting and changing and, um, you were implementing more and more um, services and more and more team members, and I, I, I sort of think I, I lucked out that I got, I got to have you all to myself for a little while. That's sweet. Thank <laughs> and you. Now you're, <laughs> but you know, I think about the uh, when I was developing the uh, the Baptiste Institute, which is a, a large you know yoga company. I was developing their website, and I remember I was in in a program where you know the the founder Baron Baptiste was leading this this a very transformational program uh, for a bunch of participants. And I was sitting in the back of the room with my laptop on my lap. It's funny how it's called a laptop. Uh, literally on my lap and designing the website for this, this, um, this, this emerging brand, this really powerful and growing brand. And you were on the other side, you know, making it happen, coding it, making it happen, coming back to me saying, we need this and not that. And it is bigger, make that small, whatever. I just remember we were really creating it in the moment. And this particular day, I had the, my laptop on my lap, and I was working away on the, on the design. I was really upgrading the design look and feel to to be you know a fit for this transformational leadership, wellness, well being, um, spiritual company. And I go onto the their existing website just to you know check out some some information that I needed, and it had like porn videos all over it, and then like. ISIS attack and like it got hacked so hard. Do you remember that? I do remember that. Yes, I do remember that. <laughs> and so then I'm reaching out to you going, Jody, we need to launch the site like now. And you're like, no problem. I'm, you're just like the guy who, oh, there's, you know, porn on your website. Okay, we can handle that. You are so calm and grounded. And I think it was like 11 at night and on a Friday and 
you just you just stepped in with ease and yeah. <laughs> I mean, the, those situations those situations are, are are tricky, right? Like it was. I mean, to get your website hacked is not a pleasant experience. It's it, you feel very vulnerable. You feel very um, taken advantage of. Um, you feel helpless in a lot of those times. Um, and because you know, uh, if you have someone that you trust that can go in and and fix it. I feel that like a lot of our job is to really, really reassure people that the world crashing down is not as bad as they think it is. Um, Because again, it's just computers here, right? It's just computers. It's just, it's, it's, we're not, we're not dealing with life and death stuff. Um, You know, everything is fixable. Um, And understanding that people make mistakes is, is part of the, it's part of being human. Um, and I think that there's an unrealistic expectation out there that we have to be perfect all the time. And I think mm. that the reason that customers stay with us is because we want to show our vulnerabilities when, you know, things go wrong. Now, just for the record, that hack had nothing to do with us. That's before we took over, took over your security oh and, and everything is, we would yeah. never <laughs> let that happen to a customer. That was awful. Oh, uh, no. and the best part of it was the learning that that I got, which is why we shifted over to to Shopify because Shopify just the hacks just don't happen. They don't happen. They just yeah. Don't. No, I mean, and it was you, an outdated you... website, outdated platform. There were so many things. It was just what I found so wonderful about it is that here you and I were working on updating this this whole business together from what they had this crappy like platform that they knew that they had outgrown, and you know the way that that you responded to it was just so. So beautiful, but I love also what where you're headed with this around, you know. Yes, was it bad that you know it was hacked and you know was it you know hacked for what I think it was a handful of hours, mm-hmm. and was the entire world on that website that moment watching? No, yeah. you know how many people actually were impacted? Probably, probably none. Probably yeah. only me and you, <laughs> right? Right. So it, the significance piece, I appreciate. And also the way that you um, you come from everything is fixable, that that assurance and that confidence that, yeah, no problem, we can fix that. And if we don't know how to fix it, we'll figure it out, is is the, really the thing that I've, I've always really appreciated about you. Yeah, there's one other thing about that whole incident that I want to highlight. Hey, it's Aaron here. I'm interrupting this show with a very exciting announcement. I have released my very first book, A Dream Come True for Me. Uh, it is called 10 Tiny Truths, Principles for Living a Big Life. And it is a interactive, uh, relatable book that uh, is me sharing some stories of the lessons I learned from my mom uh, who passed away a couple of years ago. She was a remarkable woman and taught me so much. And I wanted to pass on the lessons to you. The book is complete with lovely photos and design elements, as well as some journal prompts. I hope you enjoy it. Please rate and review on Amazon. And of course, reach out to me. Let me know what you got from the book. Um, I'd also love to see a photo of you holding the book. That would make me so happy. And without further ado, back to our podcast. Yeah, there's one other thing about that whole incident that I want to highlight is that like when you're starting a company, starting a company is hard. Starting a brand is hard. You're going to make mistakes. Um, The best thing that you can remember is that it's best to make mistakes when you're small. Um, And that's when you can make the most amount of mistakes. So when you're starting the company, you know, the impact to your overall business is not as much as it would be if you've been doing this for 30 years and 
you know, you got lazy and you just did something that you know you should have done. That's a whole different story. You know, uh, as your business grows and you develop procedures around how to not make mistakes, um, you, you, you enter into a different type of business. But when you're a small business, when you're scrappy, when you're figuring stuff out, give yourself the permission to make mistakes. And more importantly, give your staff the permission to make mistakes. Um, because you learn a lot more from making a mistake and being able to fix it yourself than you do from someone just telling you how to do something. You know, the other thing too, is as a small business myself, I'm, I'm a small business. <laughs> I'm a small business with a big impact, but you know, small yeah, right? business because have one employee. She, I have one, one team member, um, you know, number of contractors and, and partners, but, um, from a, from an employee uh, perspective, I've won. And what's fun about it, that she and I share this, this as a value, like we've made lost mistakes, spelling mistakes, right? Like price mistakes, a link is broken, something doesn't work. And every single time we've made a mistake, I'm using air quotes, mistake. But every time we've made a mistake, it's actually opened up an opportunity for connection. So what happens is we'll make a, a typo or a pricing information or something like that. And a, a prospective client or um, somebody who wants a, a you know future participant reaches out, hey, I just noticed there was a spelling mistake. There you go. You've just created an opening for a relationship, for a communication to start. Wow, thank you so much for pointing that out. Um, I'm going to fix that right now. Would you mind checking to, I don't know. Like there's something... There's something that you can begin with through through the opening that failure creates. Uh, absolutely, yeah, I, I I completely agree with that. It's all a mindset thing, right? It's all a, all it's mindset. All a mindset yeah. Thing. yeah, and I love that you know it's not so significant. It's not all so significant. Yeah. So as a as a like a, a um, for the many businesses, can you imagine like how many new businesses do you think are being started right now, Jody? I mean, there are hundreds and hundreds of businesses being started every day, every hour, you know, yeah. every, every, every minute, every day, someone comes up with a new idea of a business. Um, that's different from and the businesses that survive and like reach scale. But, you know, you know, the, we're in a really interesting time in humanity because the barrier for starting your own business has never been lower and it's on a trajectory to get easier and easier. So you know, Shopify talks about uh, lowering the curve from, you know, starting a business to your first sale. And so they're hyper-focused on how do they get to a point where it's as easy as possible for someone to have an idea and start a business. And that's made them very, very successful. Um, but all other there's all these other companies out there that are doing a similar thing. Like you think about um, how easy it is to start a podcast, for example. Um, I mean, I don't want to speak for you, but I... I would, you don't have a lot of technical knowledge when it comes to starting up a podcast, um, but you were able to create content and start a podcast that's doing very well. You know, it's Thank uh, you. yeah, it's 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 amazing all of these tools, and it really shows you know, it really shows how great humanity is and what we can build when we take down the barriers that keep us siloed. So when we can work together across. Um, across the internet and work across uh, uh, borders and work with people and collaborate with people, we can do some truly amazing things. Well, and we're seeing so much more of that now. I mean, 
you know, I have, I, I did experience some people, um, you know, saying early on out there, they're tired of being looking at a screen and there's some zoom fatigue and there's some online fatigue and, but it feels like people are, are building that muscle, new muscle. It's just a new, it's just a new way of working. Um, and they're getting to be a, a, a lot more, um, a, there's more aptitude to it now. And I love that it's opening up so much more collaboration. Like my husband, as you know, is, is an architect and he was saying, wow, like his job has really changed in the way that he works with clients. He uses his iPhone for measurement and he takes, you know, his iPhone and does, you know, FaceTime videos and shows the, the, I don't know, the, the builder or the client, the room. And I mean, there's just so much more access to people and, uh, and like you're saying, this form of collaboration so that we can all grow more and offer more and serve more in the world. And it, I think, I guess one of the questions I have for you is, is for the people that, that are out there seeing that there's this new, you know, access to collaboration and cross borders and, you know, seeing, seeing, having access to new people, what do you, what do you say to the people who feel fear or are feeling, are feeling um, like they, they may be not good enough or they may not, like you said, you were sort of praising me. Thank you for my, you know, lack of technical ability, which is super true. You know, you know, but I've got some content and I've got something to say. So I create a podcast, but what if the people that feel like they just, they can't do it? They, yeah. What do you, what do you say to them? I mean, so that's a, that's a good question because I mean, fear is real. Like feel it, fear is, it's, it's debilitating. It's scary. Um, courage comes after you pass through the fear. Um, the only thing that I would probably say to people who are fearing, feeling fearful of starting a business or starting what really, um, really ignites them and, and really brings them joy is that like the hard work comes first and then you get the the result afterwards. Um, but the reality is, is the hardest part is starting. The hardest wow, part yeah. is starting. So, you know, um, I, I mean, I've been, I've been working, I've been working, let's say uncommittedly towards my YouTube channel for many, many, many years. Um, and the thing that I find the hardest thing is just turning on the camera. So if mm. I can set myself up to just turn on the camera, then usually the rest of it falls into place. Now, I mean, there, there are challenges. There are a million different things that go wrong. But the just getting started, that is the, that is the hurdle that you need, to, you need to get over. Because once you get into the problem, then you're just using your experience and your knowledge in order to solve the problem. But the getting started part. So for people who are scared and people who are not, um, you know, not able to, to, to make that transition, I'd say start small. You know, if it's, a, if it's as much as like writing your idea in a notebook and then revisiting, revisiting that note every single day. Um, or taking it out and putting it somewhere where you can see it, putting it on the wall. Um, you know, that's it's, it's about momentum. It's about building momentum and momentum is built over small, small, small actions. Um, pick the problem that you can solve today and start working towards start working towards a solution. And what you'll find is that sooner than sooner than later, you will have a business underway and you will look back and you'll be like, Oh my goodness, I've just been doing this for a year. And now I'm already getting customers and, and, um, and making a difference in the world and, 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 realizing my dream 
it takes a long time, but you know, the hardest part is getting started. Yeah. Oh, you said so many nuggets of wisdom in this. I love, I love so much the, the, and I appreciate so much the start, just, just start and, and start small. Cause when I think about what you do with creating e-commerce and creating platforms and websites for, for companies so that they can thrive and prosper and communicate is that, you know, if you're a jeweler or, or a jewelry designer, or you're a you know an, an online yoga teacher, or you're a um, you know a baseball cap manufacturer, you know whatever it is, if you can sell one baseball cap, you can sell thousands of baseball caps, right? It's it's about getting to that one and creating yeah. the the structure for the one. It can be expanded to the many. Absolutely. I mean, there's a great book by B, uh, Peter Thiel called Zero to One. Um, and it talks about how difficult it is to get to one. Um, and so, mm. you know, anything that you do, uh, that works towards your goal starts to come, it's like compounding interest. You know, um, you do a little bit today, you do a little bit tomorrow and before long you have now created enough momentum that you're actually rolling. My, my mother, I would always say to my kids, you know, compound interest, you've got to put your money in the bank, compound interest. But it's, it, it's so true. And I, um, I, I think of when I'm listening to you, I think of Lululemon, which is, a, you know, as you know, a global brand and a, a very, a, you know, successful business. And they really started with one pair of black stretchy pants. And this one pair of black stretchy pants that fit really, really well and were made of really beautiful fabric uh, and material grew the entire company, but they never took their eye off those one pair of pants. And they still don't. It's the, the you know, it's the one thing, the signature thing. And, um, and it's, so that's starting small. Um, I recently had the experience myself where I, I've been wanting to write a book for a long time. And I found that to be a very, you know, I don't know, ostentatious goal. And I, for a long time kept sort of saying, you know, who do you think you are? And then I had this genius, you know, revelation. What if I start small? <laughs> right. If you start small, and, right. Yeah. And yeah. what if I just start? And, you know, a couple of things, you know, relating to you. One, one is that I actually was able to finish it because it was small. It's a hundred pages. So I, I'm able to do that. I can create a book that's, that's small. And, um, and I, I was able to wrap it up and finish it. And then when I entered into the technology of, of producing it, wow, it's, I mean, really, I know this is so cliche, but technology has come such a long way to facilitating what I need to do. And it's because of people like you, 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 you make technology easy so that it facilitates what people want to do. Yeah. Anytime you, anytime you lower the barrier to entry in a technology and it, you get more mass adoption, magical things happen. Um, mm -hmm. And I mean, this is something that a lot of engineers talk about and a lot of technologists um, focus on is how do we make how do we make the user experience easier? Because once you make the user experience easier, you get more people adopting it, and you you start getting more people involved. And I mean, this comes down to diversity in in not just in your team, but in in customers and across the world. The more eyeballs you have on a particular product, and the more diversity you have, that's a strength, not a weakness, um, mm. because everybody has a unique way of experiencing life. 
I mean, a lot of us go through similar things and we can relate to people, but nobody's experience is exactly the same as somebody else's. So the more people you can have involved in the, you know, the QA testing and the, and the, the initial idea, the, the better, more rounded product you're going to have at the end. Ooh, I love this as a as a um, as a principle for people who are out there. So we're we're, we're developing Jody's hot tips. So Jody's mm-hmm. hot tip number one: just start right. And then Jody's hot tip number two was start small. And then Jody's hot tip number three is get a lot of eyeballs on it. Yeah. I, don't hoard your ideas. Don't protect your ideas. But actually, go and have a lot of people look at it, click through it, experience it. Yeah, that's really cool. I think that's undervalued. I mean, one of the things that I know um, that I've run into a lot when people are starting a business, you ask them, what are you doing? What are you trying to build? What are you trying to create? And sometimes they're very protective around it. They say they're playing it close to the chest. They don't want to let you know their idea because they're afraid that you're going to steal it. But the one asset that they have that you don't have is their passion to see it through to the finish line. You can't steal someone's passion. So, you know, having, being able to share your idea with somebody lets you test it to see if it's actually going to stick and actually if it's going to be a good idea. And your asset is your passion. It's not your, um, it's not your, uh, your specific idea. Now, if you find somebody that is equally as passionate with you about that idea, hire them. And let yeah, them exactly. push it. So hire don't, them. you know, just hire them. It's much easier, <laughs> you know, yeah. find smart people and put them on your team. And then you don't have to work as hard. Well, you know, there's no question that there is no, no true original idea. I mean, there's, there's probably original execution and original <laughs> follow through. But, you know, there's a lot of people say that they, they first had the idea, you know, they had the idea first, but, but there are other people who actually went through the pain and difficulty that to make it happen. So that's very different things. Yes. Um, but I, yeah, I really, I really love that. And I, I really do appreciate, I mean, I learned from you when I, when I have created two personal websites with you, no three. And in them, in my website development with you, I learned to have what you know we call the soft launch, where I finish the site, and you always would coach me and say, "Don't make a big splash. Just go share it with a bunch of people first, and make sure that everything is is good, and share, 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 and then and then go launch." Which really helped me kind of calm down about it and stop putting so much significance on it, and also remember why I was doing it. I mean, on the wall in my office says, remember why you started. And it's a big mural that I wrote on the, on the wall. And on that mural of remember why you started is, is such an important, like, I love what you talk about having a sticky note, remind you of why you're doing what you're doing, remind you of the passion and the service and the contribution that you're here to make. And, and that will pull you through any, any difficulty, any failure, any glitch, any breakdown. God, I remember one time, years ago when I, didn't all your servers go down one time? I mean, this was in the beginning time of the internet. Um, we've come yeah. a long way since having a single That's box cool. in an internet cafe. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, these are mistakes that you make when you're small. Um, I mean, one of the things that, I mean, this is kind of a little bit of a side, but one of the things that we, we tackle with um, clients who come to us is they say, I just want to make, can you just make my website look like Apple's website? And oh, yeah, my, yeah. my answer to them is yes, absolutely. If you give me, you know, 
$40 million and, you know, a trillion dollar company behind it that can make content, I can absolutely make you a website that look like, look like Apple. But the reason that their website is so easy to use and so, um, and so, um, effortless is because it's hard to make something simple. So, you know, a lot of people are like, we're going to do this big launch. We're going to put all of our pressure on our launch date. And this is why that's this advice for me. I mean, I have two pieces of advice. There's one, never launch on a Friday. And second, always do a soft launch. Um, Because, you know, when you see these big companies that do these big launches and do these big uh, events and stuff like that, they've had 10 years of experience of how to do it properly so that they can execute on it. And it's multiple people being really good at their job that makes it look like that. It's not possible to do it as a small one-person show. You need many people working seamlessly together in order to pull something like that off. I mean, every artist who is listening right now, every graphic designer, every architect, right? Every um, every artist is just sighing a big sigh of relief because it's this misnomer that that's simplicity or like a minimal. A, I just want a minimal logo, like a minimalistic, simplistic, you know, thing. It it is like you said. It takes just a tremendous amount of intention and knowing what it isn't, drilling down what it isn't, what it isn't, what it isn't to what it is at its core essence, like that. That takes a huge amount of work. Um, different than I'll just slap a bunch of stuff out there and see what happens. I, I would say neither strategy is necessarily right or wrong, but but where I think people go sideways is where they think they, they can just shortcut and copy someone else, and that that will e- immediately mean success. Absolutely, you know, it's when when I start doing strategy sessions with people who have sites, um, our first our first discussion is around what are you offering? What is your value statement? Like, what are you trying, what problem are you trying to solve? Let's get clear on that first. Like coming back to with Lululemon, their value statement is they make black stretchy pants. You know, that's what they do. They had a very, very clear vision around what they were creating. Um, And when you are in a situation where you're trying to do all of these things, the better you can, I mean, this is, I mean, this is a good example that I always use. Netflix, for example, if you go to the Netflix homepage, it still says unlimited movies anytime, anywhere, start now, right? They're one of the biggest brands in the world and they're still driving home their value statement. So they're not assuming people know them. They haven't gotten too big for their britches. They still are saying, this is what we are doing. And they're so hyper-focused on that, that they won't update their homepage to anything but that value statement because that drives the point home. And if Netflix can do it, you can do it. Yeah, well, and it, it it too reminds me of, I love this. This is like one of my favorite topics, but it reminds me too of Amazon. You know, people think, you know, that, I, um, you know, that Amazon became Amazon, um, you know, overnight, but it, they started with one thing. They started with books. That was it. And they got really darn good at it. And so they got really, really good at selling books so that they could add on, you know, kitchen aids and, <laughs> and right, everything. Right? Yeah. Like you name it, you, now you can get everything, but it doesn't start with everything. It starts with one thing. And that's that simplicity and starting small uh, that is the genius behind so many very successful businesses, particularly online businesses that don't have the benefit of your charisma and your charm and your, like you, the individual who is out there, the, the, the face behind the business. You know, a lot of times those people are discovered you know, much later after their product or their business or the brand is, is already successful. 
So having that user experience be so crisp and clean and um, and easy is an act of service, really. It really is, yes. That's where the service starts, right? I mean, how how fast do we click off stuff if it doesn't work? Ah! <laughs> oh, that's a, that's a conversation for another day. Yeah, this is true. I know. This is true. I'm learning to slow down, sort of. Sort but, of. Yeah. <laughs> sort of. So if you um, if you think about people who are out there and they're just about to start, so I'm really thinking about the people who are coaches, uh, teachers, leaders, guides, and they're wanting to start a business and they're thinking, oh God, this whole world of internet, what's and websites, what's your what's your biggest because because here's the thing, as you well know. There are 15 million different ways to create a website, right? There's Wix and, you know, Squarespace and Shopify and GoDaddy and all, all the rest of it. There's a million different places to, to start. Lots of them you can do on your own and uh, lots of them you can hire an agency for thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. So, yeah, what, what's your, yeah, what's your little Jody wisdom for people like in that position? I mean, the most important thing that I can probably tell people is, you know, number one is just get started. You know, anything is changeable, so yeah. you can you can change it. But the second most important thing is have a budget. You know, um, the really yeah. only constraining factor on what you're going to do is how much money you can throw at it. Um, and when you're starting a business, that constraint of having a budget and saying, this is how much money that I'm going to put towards this project forces you to be inventive on how you get it done. I would say be less concerned about the quality and more concerned about the budget when you're starting off because you will find that you will find very inventive ways to make things happen when you have a fixed budget. One of my one of my all time you're, you're you're probably cringe maybe a little but one of my all time favorite websites <laughs> is a guy named Derek Sivers and uh, he was I think you might know who he is he he created a long time ago he created a very very uh, successful company called CD Baby and he, he did had this this um, you know CD mail order business that went gangbusters and he sold it for millions and millions of dollars anyway he created this website that is sharing his wisdom and sharing his the books that he's read and some leadership tips. And it is I like, not to be rude, Derek Sivers, if ever you're listening to me, and if you are, call me because I think you're really cool. But mm -hmm. his website is the ugliest thing I've ever seen. It's really literally just hyperlinks. Like it's, it, it looks like a typewritten page with a couple of hyperlinks. And that's it. And I actually refer to his website regularly because, and I'll tell you why, because it adds value to my life. Right. He tells me he has an entire book list that I, I rely on and he updates it regularly. And, you know, he's got this wonderful generosity, the way that he shares things. By the way, when he sold CD Baby, he donated 100% of the money to a, a charity, didn't take a single penny from it. I mean, the guy's cool. So I, I really appreciate this budget conversation because it does give people a constraint to create with and also has them really remember why they're doing it. It does. What are you yes. trying to do here? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean the 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 budget side of things is like that's really the difference between you know you and let's use Apple for example. Um, the the difference is your budget. You don't 
you might not. You may be independently wealthy, but you probably don't have the same budget that Apple is working with. So you need to adjust your expectations accordingly. But the reality is you can still do incredibly innovative, incredibly yeah. creative things on no budget. The budget is only just an artificial restraint that you're putting on yourself, one, to protect you from putting too much money into um, a business, um, but two, it, it gives you that, that restraint where you're, you're forced to think around the problem. Um, I mean, it's, it's, there's, there's a lot of discussion in design around um, having imposed restraints is where creativity comes from. So, you know, um, I mean, this is something that we talk to our, our clients about a lot is, you know, what is your budget and how long, how much, what is not only your money budget, but what is your time budget too? Because that's also important. You know, if you have no budget and no deadlines, you get nothing done. (laughs) So true. Yeah, that constraint is really, really important. Okay, so start. Start small. Know your why. Have a budget for money and time. Be willing to fail. What else? What else is your Jody wisdom? I mean, the only other thing that I can say is have fun. Aww. I mean, that, that's, the, that's, that's why you do it. Like, if you're not having fun doing what you're doing, consider changing your career path. I mean, we spend so much time working. Um, and so much of our life is spent working with these people um, that are in our companies. And if they're not having a great time and they're not getting up and going to work and saying, yes, I want to be there because I love the people I work with. I mean, that's where that's where the magic happens. That's where the connection happens. So I would I would definitely put up on on after you put up your your purpose statement, but underneath it, don't forget to have fun. Um, because, again, we're just building websites here. Or we're building businesses. I mean, it's, it's, you're doing it because it makes, it's, you're solving a problem and that should be fun. Yeah. I I remember someone saying, um, I believe it was a guy named Steve Chandler who said, if, if you're not doing, if it's not fun, you're doing it wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Very, very true. Yeah. It's got to be fun. That's wonderful. Well, and isn't it so much more fun for you to work with clients who are having fun? Yeah. Absolutely. And I'm not saying that it's not hard um, (laughs) and you don't have challenges, but on a, on a, on a macro scale, it should be fun. Yeah, because that, that really shows through. That's the thing about this, these websites that you're building is that they, they have to represent who we are when we're not there. That's, that's the essence really of branding is that a brand speaks for you when you're not there. And the website is a website is a really like really important way more than social media. A website is a, a really important um, representative of who you are as a business owner. Wouldn't you say? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I always talk about the website comes down to you need to really get two things right when you're doing a um, a successful online brand. One, you have to have a great user experience when they come to the website. So that's your images and your content. How do you do that? You tell a great story. Um, mm. The other thing you need to get right is you need to get enough people there. You need to have enough people getting to that. And again, marketing is about storytelling. So the two things that both of those have in common is your story. And where does your story come from? The why. So that's why, you know, that saying that you have on your wall is so on the point is because 
you know, remembering why you started, that's your why. That's why you're doing it. So keeping mm-hmm. a laser focus on why you're doing things is really the is is really the the motivation you need to start doing something. Cool. I mean, I I just think that you um you have just this lovely way of being of service in a domain that that um creates so much confusion for people. Like how, like I just think what you do is magic. I used to think you're the math guy, I'm the color person. Like I know I know about pretty colors and you know about coding. Right. So that's why we worked well together. But I, I just think that people are in such good hands with you. You've got, you've got this real, um, your eye is on the prize. Your eye is on the right thing, which is really about people telling a story and returning to their why so that they can make an impact in the world in what, whatever way they're here to make an impact and, um, and have it be successful. I love, I love that you care about the user experience, that you care about their you care about the people they care about. Absolutely. That's cool. Yeah. That, just, just don't hear that enough, you know? Hey, thank yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so, okay. So for our listeners, you, you um, have, uh, t- t- tell people how would they find you and, and why would they come to you? Well, um, I can be found on uh, my YouTube channel is probably the best way to get updates from me. It's really the only social media platform that I consistently post on. So uh, if you go on to YouTube and you search up Jody Edgar, the Shopify expert, you should find my videos. You'll know it's me because there's a cute little bitmoji that I use in all of my thumbnails. Um, or you can use the acronym JETSE, which is J-E-T-S-E, stands for Jody Edgar, the Shopify expert. Um, and that oh, should wow. find you as well. That's cool. JETSE. JETSE, yep. And um, people, people want to find your channel and find you because why? So I talk a lot about um, Shopify specifically and how to do tutorials in Shopify, but the plan and the the goal for the next year is to talk about business in a broader scape of how to set yourself up for success um, and how to avoid some of these mistakes that I've been lucky enough to learn over the last 10 years of doing this um, and share that with the, with the people on the web. Yeah, so you're an educator, an empowerer, uh, a technician, a strategist, and a and a super fun guy. You're fun to hang out with. It's got to really be fun. fun, right? It's got to be, be fun. Be fun. Yeah. You you actually are very very true to that. I don't think I've ever had a had a interaction with you that I wasn't broadly smiling or belly laughing. So I'm very grateful for our 12 year friendship, Jody. 12 yeah, years. 12 years. Here's to the next 12. Cheers. Yeah, cheers. cheers. Do it. Absolutely. And I can't thank you enough for coming on. I feel like we we could talk about um, several other really interesting topics. I might have to have you on again. I would love to come back again. This has been wonderful. <laughs> thank you so much, Jody, for spending time with us. I, um, I, I hope you guys all check out Jody's uh, um, YouTube channel and you'll learn so much from him. He's a great teacher, really engaging guy. Uh, he moves fast and keeps it fresh. So, uh, go check him out on YouTube and Jody have a wonderful day and I can't wait to see you in person soon. Me too. Yep. Be safe. Thank you. You too. Thank you so much for joining us this week on the power to be podcast. 
Thanks again to my guest for sharing so generously and for really lighting us up. And it's my hope that each of you who is listening is feeling inspired to get out there and live big and serve powerfully. The world is waiting for that special gift that you have. We'll see you next week. 